Hey, thanks so much for joining us for another episode of the Tree of Life Church podcast. It's our prayer that these messages help connect you to the life, love, and power of Jesus. Uh, Get your Bibles out, turn to Jeremiah 31, Jeremiah 31. So we're actually in a a series, I don't know if this is part three or four. Actually, my mom kind of kicked it off on Mother's Day, Uh, a great message. And so if you haven't been at the other installments, I would encourage you to go back and listen to them. I I really, they're all just kind of really fitting together. And then, of course, we'll have one next week and then Father's Day. And uh, I really think that um, it's important to look at the family and family values as a series because the family is under attack. Marriages are under attack. People are under attack. Everything godly is under attack. Can I just say it that way? The enemy is really after people that want to follow God. And so he's after everybody, right? He just comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But those that don't want to go that path that he has, man, he really comes and tries to just uh, overwhelm them with the things of this world. So uh, when my mom taught on Mother's Day, she, she mentioned the scripture, and I knew immediately that was the foundational scripture for the series, and especially the last phrase. So we're going to look at it again. If you've been here, you're familiar with it. Um, verse 1, Jeremiah 31, 1. At that time, declares the Lord, I will be the God of all the families of Israel, and they will be my people. They will be my people. Here's what I know. God was the God over everyone, but not everyone is his people, or are his people. (laughs) I'm going to do that right. In fact, if you were a few years ago, studies and surveys on people in America that would profess Christianity, it would be 87%. I don't think that 87% of this country live for God. I don't think that you could, I mean, I, there's, there's no way. I mean, the, the, the state that we're in, everything happening, but there's a lot of people that say, oh yeah, we believe in God. God's our God, but we're not living for him. And that last phrase, they will be my people. Are you his people? Because I think it's a difference between him just being your God and then you being his people, being his person, being his marriage, being his family. In other words, if God looks down to heaven and looks at your life, does he see himself in you? Because we spent some time last week looking in Genesis and seeing how God made man in his image. Let's make man in our image and let's give him power, dominion, and to subdue. In other words, let's let him be over things, not people, but over things so things aren't over him. And he looks for those that reflect his image to bless and protect and promote and provide. Amen? So he's looking to see himself in you. He's looking to see himself in your marriage. He's looking to see himself in your family. And when he does... He empowers you, he blesses you, he promotes you, he provides, he protects you because he's looking for himself in this world. Because then he said, be fruitful and multiply. In other words, make more image bearers of me all over this world because this world will be a better place if everyone bears the image of God. But we live in a world today that that's kind of getting harder to find, it seems like. And again, the enemy's coming to try and make sure that doesn't happen. And so we're just looking these couple weeks and see how can we better live our life in a way that reflect that we are his people and we can use the the values of God and the word of God to shape our family to reflect who he is. In fact, the the, uh, example would be, uh, I brought this puzzle. I've had this puzzle every week up here that if this puzzle was the picture of God or God's picture for you and your family, do you look like it? The challenge is a lot of us don't even know what that looks like. I don't even really know what God has for me. I mean, I got all these influences of the world and I, I kind of know what, I know what Target has for me. I know what Coles has for me. And it's not the picture of God. Can I say that this morning? Do you guys, are, are I'm okay with that? Sorry, all you, sorry, all you Target shoppers. 
So in this picture are the pieces of our lives when put together, they fit in a way to look like this. There are no pieces in this box that don't fit together to create this picture. This picture does not have an airplane in it. This picture does not have a car in it. So there's no pieces in this box of airplanes and cars. You can't remove a piece from this box and it look like this picture. You may not like it, but it still goes in there. It fits some way. There's a lot of pictures, there's a lot of pieces at times I'd like to add, and there's a lot of pieces I'd like to remove, but if I do that, it won't look like this. And therefore, I won't walk in what he has for me in the fullness of. And so it's important for us to understand that God has everything already in here for you, the pieces of your life, following the manual and how to put them together. They, they, They come together in a way that they fit, or based on how they fit, not how you feel. Come on. Right? That doesn't mean that you get a piece in there and this has got to fit and you're just right. Even in a puzzle, you're it's like pounding on that piece. Like, get in there. You can't make that happen. And if you take a piece out, the picture's incomplete, no matter how bad you want it to be complete. It just doesn't work that way. And let me say this. Our job is to live our life in a way that we will reflect the picture that God has for each and every one of us, our families, our marriages. My job is to help you see that through the word of God because that's our filter to see how those pieces of your life fit together to reflect God. Now, having said that, last week, and just a little bit of review, I want to say it again this week, we looked in Genesis where God said, let us make man in our image, and he made male and female. So we talked last week, one of our values here at Tree of Life is God made two genders. It, it fits the picture, his picture. And marriage is between a man and a woman. Biblical marriage. It fits the picture. You don't add to or take away from And can I say this? No judgment. You're just judging. No, I'm not. I'm just trying to show people the picture God made. You're just hating. No, I'm not. I'm loving, actually, hoping for you to see that how your marriage and life can be according to God. It's so funny to me. Maybe it's a little bit arrogant to me that the creation would know better than the creator. Because is he not the creator of this? And so there's no judgment. There's no hate. There's no exclusion. There's no prejudice against. It's just we're trying to live our life that looks like the picture. The pieces fit. Put the pieces of your life in the way, in together in the way that they fit, not how you, we, the world feels. Because that's what God set up. The best life is here. And the picture God created for you and your family and your marriage. And so that's what we're just trying to look at. And I hope that didn't offend anybody, but I'm not going to apologize either, right? So the truth is the truth and love. And so we're living our life in a way that we hope every day we're getting closer to look like that picture. And we have good days and bad days. We all do. And thank goodness that we can repent and our heart is right and God can work with God and get back on track. Now, the other scripture we looked at is uh, Ezra 3.11. And in Ezra 3.11 and 12, we, we see just, or 11, we see it's this powerful, powerful moment. I love it. I hope it lands on you like it landed on me. Let me share it again if you hadn't been here. With praise and thanksgiving, they uh, sang to the Lord, he is good, his love towards Israel endures forever. And all the people, all the people and the priests and the musicians and everyone gathered, gave a great shout of praise to the Lord because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. I love this because this speaks to the importance of the foundation of the house. This house, your house, God's house. We need to make sure that we have a solid foundation in the world we live in today. I mean, we really do. And the reality is for a lot of us is like, maybe at one time you had a solid foundation, but now you've kind of gotten away from the things of God and, and your foundation has cracks in it, right? I mean, it's like, 
you can live in a certain part of this town and have your house built and you're gonna have cracks because the ground wasn't really, and so I know some people in here that have had their foundation repaired. Can I tell you, it is very inexpensive to allow God to repair your foundation. <laughs> it may cost you a little flesh, <laughs> but you can either build or continue to build on the foundation of God, or you can rebuild or repair or restore the foundation of God in your life. Amen, aren't you glad for that? Because we all make mistakes and fall short. And so whether you're, wherever you are today, we can keep building the foundation because the storms of life come, the storms of life come, but the one whose house is built on a rock, whose life, marriage, family is built on a rock, they will not fall, they shall not be shaken. And so for some of us, maybe we're building, some of us maybe we're rebuilding or restoring, but nonetheless, we can have a solid foundation. So in uh, way of review, and there's a whole lot more I'd like to say, but I wanna make sure I have time to get in what's on my heart today. And so we walked that out mostly the first week in foundations and looking at our lives in a way that reflects the life and nature of God. Um, the nature of God being love because God is God is love. I'm amazed that people that call themselves Christian but do not reflect the nature of God. Can I just say this? Christians are some of the meanest people I've met. <laughs> Nobody in here. No, no one in here. That was first service. No, I'm just kidding. I wasn't. No, they're, they're awesome too. Love them. Uh, I was just kidding. Um, but that's who we're supposed to reflect. I mean, if God looks at us, does he see his nature in us? The fruit of the Spirit right? That's, that's what we're supposed to reflect. So uh, we'll move on now. And so the Bible shows us how we fit life together, how we fit the pieces together based on how they fit, not how we feel. And uh, we know that one of the things that will show the image of God is the nature of God in our life being reflected. And so we believe in following all that. So let's pick up a little bit where we left off uh, last week. And we kind of got into last week talking about the, the marriage, a husband, a wife, and families coming together. I, I mentioned, if you'll remember, that Jasmine and I, when we got married, we married each other, but we married the models that we had in our home. I mean, that's just the truth, right? She had a model that she saw in her home. I had a model that I saw in my home. And we came together and we had a lot of similarities, but we had a lot of differences. But we had to find a place of agreement that we could come together on because we're bringing different ideas, different thoughts, different experiences. And that's why this is so important because we can agree on the plan of God, the picture of God in our life. And so there's a lot of other things that we might have differences in. Maybe, maybe it's a discipline for you. Maybe it's some other kind of things. But nonetheless, this is our foundation. So as long as we have this goal to work towards, we can bring our two models together to create a model for our family that is built on the foundation that gets us here. Are you with me? Okay. Now, that's not easy. There's a lot of differences there, a lot of tension and disappointments and frustration because we tend to think our model's right right? And we come in, we, we, came, we, didn't, we didn't come in intending to, we came in intending to marry them, not their model, but what you got was the model. And so you're looking for that person then, not as a companion, but you're looking for that person to be an actor in your model, in your narrative, without even reading the script. And then we get frustrated or disappointed when they don't, and they're thinking the same thing. And so some way, we have to have the common model that God has for us so we can fit together so we can look like this. And I think that's so important for you and I because here's what we have to know. Everything's changing constantly, but God changes not. There's all kinds of models out there, but there's only one model here, right? And so even though world's changing, culture's changing, influences are changing, relation, all that kind of stuff, but there's only one model God has for you and your family based on his word. 
And so whether you come from, and, and so here's, the, here, here's what I, I, my heart goes out is people would say, I had a great mom and dad. I, I had a great home and Jessamy did too. And we had some differences for sure. But listen, I know some of you, the model that you grew up in, that's the last thing you want. I don't want my family to look like my dysfunctional jacked up family. All right? I'm running as fast and as far from that as I possibly can. Right? Come on. Don't, don't anybody say amen or raise your hand because others might say, oh, wow. Okay. All right. But that's just the truth. And let's be honest, there's a lot of broken models out there. There's, there's models that have no father. There's models that you grew up in that had no mother. There's, you had no parent. You had grandparents maybe, or you had different things and blended families and all that. I get all that, but here's what I know about God. You can still get his plan and purpose for your life, but you can only get it by putting the pieces together that are in the box and not removing any. That's the only way it comes. And that's the truth. Wherever you've come from, whatever you've experienced, we need to. So when we come together like this, we talked last week about coming together, finding that place of agreement. There's a lot of things we don't agree on, but what we need to agree on is the core value, the foundational things of the scripture, the word of God, because that's what helps you stand through the storms of life. And we talked last week about the, the idea that agreement is, is powerful. It's where, where God lives. God, God lives in, in, in our agreement. He, he comes and and, and the Bible says he's in the midst where two or three, two people or three people are gathered together. Then he's in our midst. He lives, his presence lives in our agreement. It lives in our unity. There's an anointing that comes on your life, your marriage, your family, that only comes on your life when you can walk in agreement around the core values of the things of God to look like this. That's the only way that that happens. So agreement doesn't mean sameness, your unique abilities, experiences, and who you are. Because do you know God created you unique? He's not looking to have more of the same, the same, the same, the same. He needs all your strengths and abilities to come together because you complement each other. Come on. And then when you complement each other, then you're stronger when you come into agreement, bringing everything that he put in you there. And so uh, agreement is so important. And God says in Psalms 133, don't turn there, uh, God commands the blessing on your agreement. Where's the blessing of God fall? On your agreement or in your unity. And let me say this as a very loving, caring pastor. If you can't find agreement with the core values here at Tree of Life, please go find a church that you can. I'm not trying to run anybody out of here, believe me, but I'm not also trying to fill the seats up for the sake of having bodies here. I want you to be where you can be in agreement. Why? Because that's where the power of God lives. That's out of that unity it comes. So don't grind it out. I know not everybody's gonna be in agreement. That's okay, and not even with me. I'm talking about what I feel like the the Lord has there. I I get it, I'm okay with that. But I'd rather you be in a place that you're in agreement so you can experience the power of God than grind it out of a church that you're not in agreement with. Because it impacts your family, impacts your life, and it impacts that church. And I just, the power of agreement is so incredible. That's why the devil fights so hard to keep you in disagreement and spouses and homes, and that just confuses your kids because your kids aren't sure what model to follow, and, and they were growing up and raising kids that didn't have a healthy model because we couldn't get an agreement and all kinds of things. And so we're going to get more into that next week. I don't want to jump ahead, but I want to make sure, because understand this, kids are going to follow what they see, not what you say. I mean, that's, that's reality. And in one sense, that's good. It puts some responsibility on you, which you should bear that as parents, right? But, but understand this, it's like what you're modeling, they're going to model. Because here's what we want to do. Don't do, what I, don't do what I do, do what I say. 
You can't raise go-to-church kids and be a stay-at-home parent. <laughs> you can't. You got to model it for them. And don't be just dropping them off on Wednesday night and not coming to Sunday yourself. I'm just dropping my kids off and make sure they're going to get to church. No, that's great, but when they're old enough to make their own decision, they're not going to go either if you don't, right? <laughs> so you got a lot to model. If you didn't have that model, if you will, in your home, God knows that. So you know what? God has created a community of people that you can come and find the model. Now, if you haven't had that model, you need to go find it and you find a model in the word of God ultimately. But if you're watching people, there's no perfect people. There's no perfect marriage. There's no perfect family. There's no perfect pastor. I I know you find that hard to believe, but there's not. (laughs) We're all on our journey. I just want today to be better than yesterday. I want to look more like this tomorrow than I did today. And if I don't, God forgive me and I'm going to get back on track and keep pursuing that. But listen, that's why it's important. You're not going to find, you're not going to find this model out there. Just go to Target. No, don't go to Target. No, go to Target. No, you decide. You're not going to find it out in the world. And so the world is feeding our kids. The world is feeding our minds. They're feeding our, our souls of our kids. They're, they're feeding them this and feeding them that. And, and I get that. Listen, don't be afraid of what they're feeding if you are doing your job in leading how was that? That was, that was, my, I, that was mine. That was mine. <laughs> the world will feed them, but you can lead them. And they're going to follow the model. And so don't get discouraged. I know they're at school, they're hearing things, and out there they're hearing things. They're just feeding on themselves. But if you will lead them, they will follow. And so it's important for you and I to understand it. And that all sounds great and stuff, but I, but I know that's hard. It's not, that sounds good, but man, that's hard. Especially if you didn't come from a model like that. And every person, every marriage, every family is a work in progress. But just because you may not have had that model does not mean you can't find it. And it's not easy at times, but here's where I want to go today. But listen, God is a God of grace. Aren't you glad for God's grace? Now, let me say that because I feel I always have to have a little disclaimer here. Because I know people teach this doctrine, which I don't agree with, of grace means you can do whatever you want. Live however you want, because God's got it covered. And I don't agree with that, because I believe God says, you're supposed to reflect my character and nature. You're supposed to display the fruits of the Spirit. So you can't live however you want to live for you, and just because of grace, when he has a responsibility on you to look like him, meaning you need to pursue or try and pursue a holy life, knowing that you'll make mistakes, and then thank God for grace and mercy. But listen, we don't live in doing whatever we want to do just because his grace covers us because we have to reflect him in our life. Amen? And so, but grace is a powerful word for you and I because it is hard to model in the world today what we need to model. It is hard bringing families together and all the different looking families and things that we have today. It is hard, but you can do it because God's grace is sufficient for you. For all that call upon the name of the Lord, God's grace is sufficient. In fact, you're... It's his grace that you're saved through faith. I mean, the only way that you come to Jesus, your profession of faith is because it's a free gift of grace from God. Grace means unmerited favor. You didn't deserve it. You couldn't earn it. He gave it to you because he loves you. So you have the grace of God in your life. There is a grace. There's a grace over your life. God puts a grace on your life. Look at 1 Peter 5.10. 1 Peter 5.10 and 11 says this. And the God of all what? And the God of all what? And to everybody else that's refusing to respond in the God of all. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Have some grace. The God of all grace. He's the God of what? Grace. 
grace is a big deal for God. Grace is a big deal for you, and not just so you can do whatever you want. We already said that, but grace is a big deal, meaning there has been something giving, given by God to you that gives you the ability to do something you couldn't do or you don't deserve. I, I, the only reason I'm up here today is by the grace of God. There's a, whole lot, there's a lot better preachers out there than me, communicators, a lot better grammar, slows down, doesn't put words together or make them up. There's a, there's a lot of that out there. There's a lot of people out there are more educated, can quote more scripture than I can. They're probably not as funny. But anyways, they're all the, well, obviously that wasn't either. Neither are you. <laughs> Apparently I'm not either. But it's by the grace of God that I'm here. I don't know why he chose me, but he chose me. It's the same for you, because some of you have jobs you should never have gotten, but by the grace of God. Some of you have homes you never thought would be possible, but by the grace of God. You have vehicles, you have relationships, but by the grace of God. That's how God's grace works, unmerited favor. But it works best when you're trying to do this. That's what it's for. It's not just for you to get ahead and say you have a bigger house or you have a bigger income. It's so you can look like this. So you can reflect his nature. So you can find a way to be in agreement when disagreement's everywhere. And so you can reflect the picture, plan, and purpose of God for your life. There is grace because it is not easy. Psalms 1, oh wait, did I read all this? No, I didn't. Okay, I got to stop. Okay. And the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ after you have suffered a little bit. It's not going to be easy, but he preempted that statement with difficulty and suffering and challenges, he preempted that by saying, hey, it's okay, I'm the God of all grace, but it's not gonna be easy. Will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast? To him be the power forever and ever, amen. He's not gonna, it's hard. You're gonna, you're gonna walk through some stuff, you're gonna be challenged from stuff, but you can make it. Because the God of all grace, his power is gonna come and help you through that. He's not going to leave you there. And especially if you're trying to look like him and reveal his character, his nature on the earth, especially if you come into agreement where his power and presence lives, then his grace is going to enable you to walk in what God has. Now, let's take a look now at Psalms. Psalms 1, verse 1 through 3. Let, Let me read this and then let's talk about it. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree, we love tree scriptures, he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bring forth fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. Let's go back to verse one. I love this passage, I've taught this before, but just my eyes were open in this context of what we're talking about today, how this fits. That word blessed, another word used there as you uh, study this scripture, blessed is used here. Another word is how it's used is grace. In fact, when you look at the scripture, the majority of places, grace and blessed are interchangeable. The favor of God, the presence of God, the power of God, however you want to say that, they're interchangeable. So blessed is the man. So we're talking about grace, but grace is the blessing of God. It's the same thing. Blessed is the man. I, I just, can I just say that for a second? Blessed is the man. Blessed is the man. Do you believe God's a God of blessing? 
Blessed is the man, but you have a part to play in it, right? We're gonna talk about it in a second. Blessed is the man. I love that. I'm a blessed man. I'm a blessed man. I don't know about you, but I'm a blessed man. When I got up this morning, I got up and said, I'm a blessed man. It didn't matter how I felt. I'm going to church. I'm a blessed man. I, I, I think we have to get this down on the inside of us because it's grace that helps us stay in agreement and helps us on track to reflect the character and nature of God to do what we can't do on our own. I can't do that. I'm a, no, you can't, but God's grace is sufficient. His grace is for you. I'm a blessed man. I'm graced in God. It's the same interchangeable word here. I have a grace over my life. I have a grace over my life. I have a grace that makes the crooked path straight. I have a grace that opens doors that are shut. Come on. There's a grace over my life. Grace over my life. How are you and I supposed to pursue this model in today's world? How are we supposed to put all the pieces that fit together together and not look at it like trying to operate by our feelings, it's the grace. And I want you to know, first thing, blessed is the man, grace is the man. Now, blessed is not a condition. Because what we'll immediately think is, when we say blessed, how are you, I'm blessed, why are you blessed? Because look at all the good things that are happening in my life. No, 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 don't miss that here. Blessed is the man, grace is the man. Because then it goes on to say, I know it's not a condition, because it says, blessed is a man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, like you have an option, and you have an option. It's your choice. So it's not based on conditions. It's more based on position. And what I mean by that, it's not what's happening around you. It's what's happening in you. In other words, I'm not blessed because of my conditions all seem to line up. I'm blessed because my life is lined up with his life. I am a son of God. That's my position. I am a child of God. I'm an overcomer. Come on. It's a position that's not, doesn't matter what's happening around about me. I'm not blessed because of the condition of it. I can't control the conditions around about me a lot of times, but I can control my position My position is in a place of agreement with my wife on the core values of building a foundation. I'm positioned on a strong foundation and agreement where the power of God lives in the midst of that. I'm positioned in a place as a son of God, that one who has been created in the image of God to reflect his nature on the earth, to walk in dominion and subdue the things and not be subdued by them. Why? Because my position as a son of God. Grace or blessed is not a condition, but a position. And we walk around pursuing and trying to change conditions when we need to stand our ground and our position on who he's created us to be in a world that's changing constantly. I never thought this world, this, this world would be in the condition that it is today, but it's not changed my position. And the Bible says it's gonna get worse, but my position doesn't have to change. If I stand my ground. Now it says, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Uh, Let me say this. You have to protect the grace in your life. The blessing in your life was based on not walking in the counsel of the ungodly. That's important for you to understand this piece because again, we're talking about voices in this world. Now, we're not to listen to the voice of the ungodly and that to you and I might seem like, saying like, yeah, that's an evil person or what, I don't know, you know, right? We think of it like being like evil people or Satanists or I don't know, whatever, right? We just think, but can I tell you, sometimes an ungodly voice comes from a godly person. Let me explain that for a second because we automatically think of, it's over here, this is bad stuff, but can I tell you that ungodly counsel sometimes comes from godly people? 
when it's counsel that doesn't point you back to this? When it's counsel that doesn't have you look in this to see how they fit together for your family. See, so even the people that love you the most, if they're giving you counsel that takes you in a different path, add a piece, take a piece away, it's ungodly counsel. Now that sounds harsh and I don't mean it harsh, but if it doesn't line up with the plan and purpose of God for your life, then it's ungodly because they don't know the plan and purpose of God for your life. You don't know my life. You may not think this is the right path, but if it's, put, if it's propelling me to this, I'm exactly on the right path. Now, let me say this because well-meaning people and those that love us the most that can sometimes give ungodly counsel, do it for the best reasons, in a sense, because they love you. And they don't want you to experience storms. Like, you know what? Hey, how about if you do this, you can go around this. And God says, no, 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 no. You need to go through that. I didn't create that, but I'm not taking you around. I'm taking you through that because that's gonna grow you and you need to grow your faith. You need to grow your time in the word. You need to grow your time in prayer. But loving, loving people will give you counsel in order for you to avoid what they think is pain because they they don't wanna see you go through that. That is ungodly counsel where God says, stay focused on me, stay focused on me. This piece is gonna fit, just stay focused on me. So it's not a bad thing, but you have to know, you have to know what this looks like. They're not gonna know for you. They're not. And so it wouldn't be like, you don't know my life, I don't mean that at all, but hey, I appreciate that, I, I know that, but you know, God's grace is gonna get me through this storm. I may be walking through the fire, but I'm gonna come out the other side unburned. I may smell like smoke, but his grace surrounds me and protects me. Come on, somebody. But I'm going through the storm. I'm going through the fire because it's what leads me to this. So any counsel that leads you away from this or away from the word of God, no matter how well-meaning and loving it could be from people that don't wanna see you suffer a little while can be ungodly counsel. And so we have to make sure that we're watching that everybody, the influences in our lives today, the influences of our marriages and our families today, and there are many voices out there. And I wanna encourage you in that, that you cannot put yourself in a place that you're listening to ungodly counsel. Now, I wanna say this because when we're talking about grace, sometimes we think grace, the presence of grace, there's a presence of grace because there's an absence of trouble. Can I tell you, that's not the case. You're, you have grace whether you're going through the fire or everything's good. Why? Because it's about position, not condition. So if you'll avoid the ungodly counsel, no matter how loving it can be, you can be in a difficult situation and still have the grace of God protecting you and surrounding you because it's not based on condition, it's position. I'm grace. I may be going through the storm, but I'm a child of God and greater is he that's in me than he that's in this world. And I'm gonna stay focused and I'm gonna get to the other side. Oh, I may suffer for a little while, but the power of God, the grace of God surrounding my life is gonna intervene and he's gonna bring me to the other side. And I thank you for your concern. Pray for me. Pray for me that I stay focused on the picture God has and I don't miss what he has. Amen. Amen. I, uh, I think sometimes that can be misunderstood hard and I don't mean it hard. People love, love, love you and wanna see you avoid some things, but sometimes we have to stay the course and we have the grace to do that, to find what God has.
So we have to reflect the nature of God, and it's not based on condition around me, but what's in me. So let me lead us to the next part of this scripture. Uh, Bless the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners. In other words, it's not like blocking sinners, like stand in the path. You can't pass this sinner. <laughs> no, it's like that. But can I tell you, a lot of people like, we want them here. Come on, come all sinners. This is a place. Every Sunday, come all you sinners, right? Come on. Don't you be running off the people I'm praying in. I'm just saying that right now. We're praying everyone, lost, hurting. It's not saying stand in the path of sinners. It says don't stand like them. Don't stand in the way, right? Don't be like them. In other words, clean it up. (laughs) You know what you need to address. And where does it reflect the character and nature of God? So clean it up. If we look like the world, why would the world want what we have? We're supposed to be the witness by our life and the grace on our life enables us to to live a life in a way that we can live a life that reflects the nature of God. And let me say it in context there because uh, clean it up because you need to reflect the nature of God, long-suffering, patience, peace, joy, faith. You, you You need to have that faith engaged because listen, you need to make a difference in this world. In other words... Your life needs to reflect the love of God in a way that you love everybody. Because here's what we want to do. We want to love those who love us. But what about the ones that don't love you? Well, if I'm reflecting the character and nature of God, which is love, he loves unconditionally. I love even those who hate me. We need to forgive the unforgivable. And we need to accept the rejected, the unacceptable. We need to have patience and long-suffering. We, 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 need to, we, we, we don't act like the world acts. We, we don't walk in the way of sinners, like rejecting or you don't love me, I'm not gonna love you or I'm only gonna love you if you love me or whatever that is. And we all know, we've all experienced that, we've all done that. But if you want the grace of God operating in your life in a way that helps you reflect the nature of God in agreement so you can stand in agreement, then we can't stand, stand in the path of sinners, on the way of sinners. We have to be different. We have to be different. Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Blessed is the man that does not walk in the pathway of sinners. And blessed is the man who does not sit in the seat of the scornful. The scornful, you know what that means? That's just like bitter, negative people. There's a lot of scorn coming out of you right now. Use that sometime. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's a lot of scorn right there. It just means bitter, negative, angry people. We all know people like that, and God forbid we're people like that. We don't want to be around people like that. Let's go and talk to so-and-so. Oh, no, now they're always negative. I can't deal with that today. <laughs> Nobody here. <laughs> so we all live our life really looking at that in others, but not looking at ourselves. And so not to be a scornful person, don't be a bitter person. Now we're back to the character and nature of God again. And so we have to understand that we have to apply this to our life through grace that enables us in our brokenness and our imperfections to walk in something that we can't walk in either. But by the grace of God, we can love like Jesus loves, like God loves. We can treat people like God treats people, like Jesus treats people. And we can come in agreement on things that may not even look like they're in our benefit, but it brings unity and the presence of God. 
So we need to make sure that, number one, that we don't listen to the counsel of the ungodly. Number two, that we don't walk in the path or look or act like sinners. And number three, that we're not or hang out with all the negativity and bitterness because if you're bitter, you can't be better. And so we need that. And so I want to encourage you in that, in those ways. So, and then let me finish out this passage, and then we got to get to the uh, communion. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. So if you are not listening to the counsel of the ungodly, and God, grace helps you, not um, walking in the path of sinners, and God's grace helps you, and you're not sitting in the seat of the scornful, and God's grace helps you, and then you are finding in the word of God how the pieces to your life fit, God's grace has covered you. You can do that. And then he says this, he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth fruit in its season and whose leaf is not gonna wither and whatever he does prospers. You know what that looks like to me? This. This right here. Well, here's the deal, right? So it says the tree planted by the river. You know, for a tree, water is the source of life. So the tree planted, grounded by the source, the closer you get to God, the more you'll look like him. And the grace is there for you. The closer you get to God, the more you reflect his character and his nature. The closer you get to God, the more you'll walk in agreement where his presence and power abides. The closer you get to God, that means be planted, planted by the source. Here's what I think the problem is. We want to uproot and move, uproot and move, uproot and move, uproot and move. And I'm telling you, you're doing it to your detriment. The Bible says those that are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish. You find that place, you put your roots down because the enemy wants to come and steal, kill and destroy, but he cannot. If I'm planted by the source, he can come and the rain can come and the wind can blow and I shall not be moved because I'm planted by the source. And I will, by the grace of God, reflect his nature, walk in agreement, and fulfill the things that he has for my life. That's the picture. But you gotta be planted. Can't be moving around. What does that mean? You gotta be all in. Can I say it that way? Quit playing church if you're playing church. I'm, I'm not trying to be ugly. I'm just trying to get you looking. If you're here, be here. Get your kids here. Get your teens here. Give here. Serve here. Pray here. Worship here. Be a part of it. Why? Because you got to be planted. Because the enemy's trying to steal your family, steal your marriage, steal your life. He's come to steal, kill, and destroy. But he cannot, those who are grounded or whose house is built on the rock, those that reflect the nature of God, because God looks down to bless those that look like him, those that come into agreement on the values and on the core beliefs of the word of God, because in there is power and there's grace. So don't give up your ground. In this world today, don't give up your ground. Stay planted. Stay grounded. There's grace to do it. Thanks again for joining us this week. We pray that this message encouraged and inspired you. If you want to find out how you can be a part of Tree of Life, just go to our website, treeoflifechurch.org. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and share it with a friend.